Welcome to the Black Sparrow Media Internet Broadcast Network. You're listening to Linux in the Ham Shack. LHS is a podcast about Linux, open source and amateur radio for everyone. Now here are your hosts, Russ, K5TUX, Cheryl, W5MOO, and Bill, NE4RD. Well, hello everybody and welcome to episode number 256 of Linux in the Ham Shack. Tonight we are going to depart from our normal way of doing things and we're going to bring a few just listeners on and uh, supporters of our program who decided they had some free time to be with us tonight and we're just going to sit here and talk about various amateur radio and open source topics and maybe do a little Q&A if at all possible and uh, other than that we're just going to you know just talk and hope this turns into something interesting and worth listening to or at least uh, worth doing so I'm Russ, K5TUX. I'm Cheryl, W5MOO. And I'm Bill, NE4RD. All right, let's go down the list from top to bottom so everybody's on the same page here, and you can introduce yourselves in any way that you want to. I'm uh, Nathan, uh, also Cubicle Nate, and I'm an amateur radio hopeful. Very good. I'm Dan, K- I'm Dan KB6NU. Yeah, there's nobody who doesn't know Dan KB6NU. Next we have. Come on, don't be shy. <laughs> KF5TQN here. All right, KF5TQN. And I can't remember what your name is. <laughs> I'm the other Dan. Oh, <laughs> good. We got Don's aplenty and Dan's aplenty. And we also have Jeremy, who is apparently muted right now, but he will be around at some point, I'm sure. So we don't really have an agenda for tonight. We don't really know what we're going to talk about, but we'll talk about stuff for sure. And um, so if anybody has anything they want to talk about or ask about, that would be a great place to start. Uh, If not, some of us can probably dream up something. (laughs) I'm going to try and exclude myself from that for the moment. But uh, let's see. Oh, we also have uh, a new joiner. And uh, we'll we'll check audio there in a second, but we also have KC0QNB, who's just popped in. So um, we'll, we'll figure out audio on, on the new call sign here shortly. But I saw somebody, uh, maybe Jeremy, who wanted to say something. Nope. Uh, just I was going to jump in here for the introduction. KC0NK, handle is Jeremy. All right. Very good. And, Dan, I saw you light up there, so it's kind of nice that it actually shows when somebody wants to say something. <laughs> <laughs> it's almost like raising your hand, right? It, yeah, it's almost, yeah. I muted, I muted, then I coughed, and then I read unmuted. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy, this is going to get fun. So now you got noise, a bunch of noise anyway. <laughs> <laughs> which is which is entirely okay. So, so, Dan, we should probably thank you, since I don't think we've ever talked... Um, uh, live, unless we did meet at Hamvention, I can't remember if we did or not because I've slept since then. Uh, but your <laughs> your uh, book was uh, definitely instrumental in Cheryl getting her ticket. So thank you for that. We appreciate it. There's always. 
So uh, that's what I do. I get people into ham radio. Yes, yes, that's what everybody's supposed to do. Get people into ham radio. I actually have a friend that's uh, wanting to, you know, advance on, and I, you know, sent her the link to Amazon to your book. So <clears throat> she's she's definitely looking forward. I think she said she ordered it the other day. So she's looking. Uh, thank forward you to very much. You're welcome. Thank you very much. All right. Well, I see. I see KC zero QNB lighting up now and again. Oh, oh, we're close. <laughs> I wonder if this is push to talk issues as well. Do I push to talk? Hey, uh, there uh, you go. that apparently. <laughs> oh, I just uh, started talking, so I don't know. This is KC Zero Q and B out of Gothenburg, Nebraska. And um, I'm uh, a recent general. I got upgraded here back in the end of July. Awesome. Yeah, that's fantastic. What's your name? Ian Romeo Yankee off of November. All right. Well, welcome, Ryan. So how long, if I may ask, have you been uh, listening to our show? Um, about two minutes. All right. Fantastic. <laughs> Brand new listener. Got to love that. Oh, uh, Jeremy uh, uh, let me know about it. Uh, uh, so... I thought, well, I'll check it out, see what happens. <laughs> okay. Well, this may be the last two minutes you listen. You never know. Uh, ho- hopefully that's not the case, though. <laughs> uh, we're, we're never sure. We're never sure. All right. So does anybody have any questions they want to ask or a topic they want to bring up, something they've been working on, a project of interest, uh, something they've seen recently in the news that might be of interest to other people or or anything of that sort? I mean, we're pretty much open to anything and hopefully it will generate discussion that we can continue to follow for the next you know 30 to 40 minutes <laughs> did anybody do uh sweepstakes this weekend uh you know what i tried that but that exchange is so long i i couldn't uh, <laughs> i made 10 contacts then gave up yeah it, it is one of the longer uh <laughs> longer uh longer exchanges and especially on cw it uh it does take a quite a bit of effort yeah so what what's what is the uh, identifier for the sweepstakes? Uh, you have like the year you were licensed, what well, signal report, year you were licensed, your name, and then a ch- is there a check one or a check. president? Check. There's a check. Oh. There's no signal report. Oh, okay, that's what it's like. One or the other. It's like there's three and things pieces. Four things because you got to put you got to set your send your call sign in there too. Uh, so the ser- there's a serial number precedent which is sort of like a category your call sign a check and your section so that's five things isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I, I lose count i can't even count <laughs> <laughs> yeah you don't want to make that overly complicated especially on cw i mean that does seem a, a bit much uh you know for voice that wouldn't be too bad but it gets tiresome on voice too i mean it's uh well yeah, yeah i can see that as well <laughs> I, I find contesting people have it scripted. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. I find contesting tiresome sometimes, actually, just in general. But well, I think sweeps is supposed to be kind of like the uh, the anti contest contest because it is kind of somewhat burdensome with the, uh, <laughs> with the long exchange. <laughs> the the rag- it's supposed to simulate like traffic handling, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I don't know. Would turn me off the traffic handling too. I think. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think there are probably one one ham and ten that knows how to properly pass traffic anymore. 
not not the kind of traffic we're used to passing, but an actual, you know, formal message. message. Yeah, yeah. No, no you're probably right. I'm, I'm probably in the nine out of ten. I don't think I could do it. <laughs> it's been a long time. You could probably fake it. Yeah, you could probably fake it pretty well. <laughs> That's half of ham radio, anyway. It's faking it well enough. It's also half of podcasting. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Well, uh, Cubicle Nate there has a question. Uh, he typed. He typed it because he didn't want to say it. <laughs> he has a question on recommended equipment for two-way radio communication without the need for a repeater. Well, uh, that's that's kind of uh, broad and vague. <laughs> if you're only well, talking I- about land a uh, line of sight, you can uh, any two-meter. Uh, mobile rig with uh, 50 watts of power will will get you anywhere like 30 to 50 miles. So my uh, my concern is specifically I, I want to do something uh, like with my, my oldest son. He likes walkie-talkies. Yeah. And uh, we'll go a little, like a little beyond that. So what I have right now is a Bofeng, Bofeng, whatever, uh, yes. UV5R. And I have no idea how long this one will go, but it, it hears repeaters pretty well. So I don't know if there's something better I should get. Is there something I should mount on the house so, like, when he's away, you know, I can talk to him? Th- things like that. Like, you know, kind of. Uh, there's so much information out there. I'm lost in the sauce. Well, yeah, like a, a, a UV5R to UV5R point to point, or you know, maybe about a you know couple miles, maybe if there's nothing in the way. Otherwise, it's uh, kind of like uh, FRS in that respect. It's you know, mile, mile and a half. Uh, with with obstacles in the way, you can probably still have a have a conversation. If you put a bigger antenna on the house, obviously that expands your ability to hear him. And uh, if you have more power at the house, he'll be able to hear you. Um, you know, using like a mobile unit, you know, twenty five watt or fifty watt rig. Um, but yeah, in general, the the, the walkie talkies uh, or handy talkies uh, are short range. They can get into repeaters and stuff because repeaters again are up very high. Very large uh, footprint on receive, and uh, they're very well tuned to receiving the frequency they're on due to the cans and everything else. Although it helps to be a ham radio operator, and uh, myself, uh, I got up to uh, the top observation deck at the uh, uh, governor, uh, uh, the old state capitol here, and I was able to reliably hit repeaters with one watt and a handy talkie uh, that were 60-some miles away. Yeah, yeah, height is your friend and line of sight uh, with un- no, no obstructions in the way. <laughs> you always do better with more height and no obstructions. He, he did say without repeaters, though. Yeah. If there's a repeater I hit that in town, no problem. The, the, issue, the question is, what would I have to purchase, like, specifically... Because I just don't. There's so much, so many radios out there, and I, I don't want to, you know, break the bank on the for two sets. Spend more on an antenna and getting it high will we'll do you. Get an antenna up as high as you can. You know, if you can get an antenna up, well, I don't. It depends on the terrain and all, but for thirty feet, you still still could get reasonable range, even out of just two handy talkies. I think. Well, I kind of gather that yeah. one handy talk would be like at the home QTH and the other one would be mobile. But if you have that home station with an antenna up pretty high, like a repeater's antenna would be, then you're going to increase your range dramatically for sure. Yeah. Now, the problem I've seen with that specifically, if you're using a handy talkie at the house, 
through your towers and ten and stuff like that, you need to really pay attention to your uh, coax and stuff like that because you do lose a lot of signal <laughs> on the really st- small coax on the long runs for uh, VHF and UHF. So, well, I don't think we're talking about two hundred foot towers here. Uh, at least I don't think so. Oh. But I mean, you could well, be even certainly RG eight X or something like that up. Uh, you know. 30 foot up the tower and then you know maybe another 30 foot over to your your shack or your rig <laughs> right that's when you slap yeah, the uh high high voltage battery onto your bow fung to get the extra couple of watts you know <laughs> compensate for the loss you'll be surprised how much you can lose in a piece of uh poorly made coax oh yeah yeah no i'm not surprised <laughs> done it at the house here uh quite often it's like god why is this handheld not working with the with a with an antenna this but, from the uh, guy who does microwave mesh networks <laughs> yeah i don't think you get to yeah, talk bill you don't even have an antenna in the air right now do you i have antennas in the air they're just not connected with coax oh i see <laughs> <laughs> hey i have them in the air it's only about five feet in the air but it works <laughs> That that is the primary concern, making it work. I mean, if you can make it work better, then it might be worth doing. But if you can't, then working is is good. Yeah. Well, my antennas are like ground mounted, and uh, they'll get me all over the world if I plug coax into them. <laughs> <laughs> and what's preventing you from plugging coax into them? Uh, laziness. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, that's a legitimate answer. I was just curious. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I've been wanting to uh, plug stuff back in. I mean, uh, I can almost get to my ham radio right now, so that's good. Or yeah, my multiple ham radios that are all unplugged. <laughs> <laughs> we had a comment on our, we're supposed to, like on our long format episodes, do feedback. And uh, we had some feedback from Dan, actually, uh, about our JS8 call episode. And... Uh, there was one part of that I was going to address. Oh, the part about uh, JSA call not taking over the world like FT8 does because it's technically a rag chew mode. And Dan says that the trend in amateur radio is actually away from talking, um, <laughs> which uh, seems like it could be the case, actually. Yeah, I think we should do the whole podcast in JSA call. <laughs> well, then it would be 14 hours long. <laughs> but and it would be in what 14 byte chunks <laughs> yeah yeah there'll be small morsels for you to eat or listen to or decode one or the other <laughs> i guess it would it would be more um it would, it would make our episodes go like a lot longer we could just break up a single episode over you know 32 nights and we wouldn't have to record as much so. yeah <laughs> So it looks like we had somebody else join the voice chat and is in mute right now. Coffee time. Yeah, that, coffee uh, time. It's coffee time. Is that, is that Mr. Uh, N0SSC or something? Yeah. Sterling Coffee? Would that be who that is? He's, he's muted right now. I, I heard a sound from him earlier. When he joined, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he may be having similar push-to-talk issues like everyone else. <laughs> well, not if he's muted. <laughs> that, that's true. <laughs> it could be something else entirely. If I'm not mistaken, that would be Jeff Coffee. Jeff Coffee. Yeah, a different coffee. A different coffee. Not not black coffee, but Jeff Coffee. Is that kind of like Jeff Vader? <laughs> Darth's second cousin, once removed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't you know that uh, <clears throat> Eddie uh, Zeri, <Zary>, whatever? <laughs> oh, Eddie Izzard. Or, uh, 
Yeah, Eddie's there. That's what. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Goes down to the cantina and uh, orders his uh, pasta ara, av, whatever, av, 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 I can't even say it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're Jeff Vader. <laughs> <laughs> I am Darth Vader. <laughs> uh, I will kill you with a train. For you guys. Okay, yeah, yes. Go. Questions good. Go. Okay. Um, our club um, is uh, about six people. Steve, I'm one of the younger ones. Okay. And I'd like to get more people involved, but I don't know where to go to get the kids away from, you know, using their phone so much and getting on the radio more. Any ideas in that arena? That is definitely the uh, $10,000 question when it comes to amateur radio anymore is how do you get them into what most consider an antiquated hobby that has no effective purpose because there are no emojis? Um, <laughs> Ouch! That hurts. <laughs> uh, I think you can send colons and dashes and parentheses. They're just really long in CW. Yeah. What's the Q code for the joy emoji? <laughs> um, I'm not sure. I mean, we've we've discussed getting people into hobby the hobby many times on the show. I'm not sure anyone actually has an answer. I think the one of the ways to do it is to show some of the cooler aspects of it. If you can, if you can show the things like working satellites, or if you can somehow get people involved in field day, where you're actually making contacts in in places these young folks have never heard of, and things like that, and, and kind of exploit the limitations of cell phones. Because yeah, your cell phone can talk to the twelve friends you have in your neighborhood, but the chances of you interacting with somebody in turkey or south africa is probably pretty small um well you could troll them on twitter well that's true (laughs) (laughs) so i don't know if there's a good answer about 50 60 miles down the road from you and we're having the same issue down here but the one thing that we're looking into the arl has the library set and they're offering it for 200 bucks at the moment if you can get in good with some of the science and math teachers at the local schools you know, go pick up that library set, take it in, and just talk up ham radio to no end. And also, one person cannot tell the entire story of amateur radio. It takes many, many people. There is no one individual that can cover the entire aspect of the whole thing. That's the scary part. When you start having conversations with these people, you know, you really have to have others there with you. Because, like I said, one person can't tell that entire story. Yeah, oh, there's... There is another issue there, um, and I uh, at our last meeting a month ago, I uh, pretty much uh, told them that, you know, hey, um, I've been a member of this club since I've been licensed, which is 18 years. Nobody does anything. Um, and that just uh, – and I, I know I stepped on some toes, but one guy said, yeah, you're right, we don't. You were going to add something, uh, TQN? I was going to say, we had a lot of success uh, at the uh, local Mini Maker Fair. Uh, one time we had, uh, I'm not recalling his call sign, uh, Jerry Cloutrier out there. And he had uh, a, uh, a CW rig that he'd built when he was a kid. And we were showing it off to all the kids at this little single vacuum tube uh, transmitter that... You, you just stick a 
you stick a plug in there and uh, uh, you sit there and tap out a message and uh, meanwhile somebody over there is co uh, copying it uh, on uh, on a new Elecraft uh, uh, radio and I've got my laptop over here with a SDR uh, uh, catching it right out of the air and decoding it on the screen in real time and they're oh wow that's awesome I mentioned that to uh, the town next to us um, who's going to have a maker fair coming up in February I believe um, I uh, told the, the gal that's running it I'd like to do this and well she hasn't responded yet so I got a hold of a friend of hers and says well that's just kind of the way she is so I don't know if that'll work or not well, I think the key is just being visible. Um, you know, with uh, we generally do a lot of stuff with the scouts, and uh, basically just showing up with radios and and just start doing operating and and uh, trying to get involved in events where kids are already at uh, is is a really good thing. <laughs> Maker fairs are excellent for that because they are going to bring in kids. Uh, science fairs are really good. Every town probably has a science fair going on. And uh, they always ha open up uh, tables for communities to uh, community members to join in. Uh, just having a simple demonstration station, even if it's just voice, uh, it could be even just you know digital. It could be anything. Uh, just to just to kind of get the interest in it. And uh, I think that's that's basically it. Just be visible and and try to do as many different things with it as you can. And uh, go where go where the kids are. Um, that's that's like the number one rule we pass out in radio scouting. You know, don't. Don't sit there and put a station up and say, hey, come here and check out the station. You know, grab all your stuff, load it in the truck, and, and head to wherever they are. They're having a they're having a camperie. They're having a camp out. Uh, they're having an air show, you know, any anything. Uh, be, where the, be where the kids are, and when they see it, uh, they might they might see some interest in it, you know. And you're, you're always going to have people that are not interested in it. You know, not every young kid really cares about electronics or anything else like that. Um, I mean, we see that at like the big events like uh, National Jamboree and stuff like that, where, you know, we have a purpose built demonstration station and, you know, 40,000 kids there present. And, you know, we might only see like 5,000 of them. Um, and that that's all you get. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, definitely. Uh, definitely go to where the kids are. Any event that has kids, uh, you know, school fundraisers and stuff like that. See if you can, uh, you know, just join in as a club and uh, uh, have some fun. That's pretty much all I, I recommend to all the people that ask us how to get started in radio scouting and stuff like that. I think it just you need to be out there as much as you can because those who are interested are looking. They're trying to find the groups, the clubs, um, the places to be to, to do the things they're interested in. And it may be just a case of those folks don't know that you exist right now. So, yeah, just, just getting out there and being as public as you possibly can uh, should should help. You know, the, the people who aren't interesting probably aren't going to be converted over to it, but they might be. They might be swayed one way or the other. But there are definitely people who are interested and they're looking, and they just need to know where to go. Okay. Um, here's one uh, huge thing. Hey, Jeremy. Yeah, here's one huge thing that you can try, too. Hit on the educational value of amateur radio. I mean, after all, we have astronauts involved in this. You know, and amateur radio is all about math, science, literacy skills. Um, so on and so forth. Just there's tons and tons of things that you can talk about with amateur radio and education. You know, sometimes that alone is enough to grab their attention. Okay. Um, yeah, that's true. Um, I uh, ordered some cable for our uh, club station out at the Heartland Museum. 
um, that should be here Thursday. We get that done and get that HF station back up. That's going to help a bunch of place to operate out of. Um, so that's going to be a big deal, I think. And uh, um, we could do digital from there and this kind of stuff. Um, I just need to get some more of the members of the group involved in it. And that's going to be a bit of a challenge. But I think I can probably do that. I mean, after all, I already made it mad at me. So why not, right? <laughs> There's also in the chat room a comment about Echolink. And that does bring up an interesting point about um, that kind of medium in the amateur radio world and also digital modes because they are more like what a young person might be used to when communicating because they're very texting like uh, because echolink of course has the facility for texting and psk 31 and similar digital modes look exactly like texting so maybe showing up discord oh yeah that's true um, <laughs> which is like echolink and everything else put together what is her call sign carries yeah i don't know hang on well carrie carrie can tell us in the chat what her call yeah. sign is because so. <laughs> she's in the chat but she's not in the voice chat so and i, and I honestly don't remember what her call sign yeah is, i don't but. remember either so uh generally <laughs> no. speaking nate capacitors should not be any shape other than the shape they were originally in when they were manufactured <laughs> uh, there was a chat there's a comment in the chat room about should they be bulging and the answer is no they should not <laughs> well it might have been something fancy you know i don't know an additional feature I, i'm not sure definitely a feature yep it's definitely a feature <laughs> a ceiling fans will do that yeah uh, Ted is in the chat too. Good evening, Ted. So, uh, not the voice chat, the the chat chat. <laughs> well, it's getting confusing still, between the voice chat and the text chat. Yeah, Ted's still a diehard IRC guy, so he's still over on the IRC side. <laughs> well, it's still in the chat. He's able to communicate with us thanks to the wonders of the internet. So, <laughs> the interwebs are so cool. Yes, even though technology sucks. Yes. Hey, speaking of IRC, do you guys happen to use IRC in your mesh gateway system? We, well, I don't personally have a mesh gateway system. Does anyone else? <laughs> resounding. <A> resounding. <laughs> resounding. Uh, <laughs> resounding. Okay, I heard some talk about a mesh system out there, so I didn't know. <laughs> um, we've talked about mesh networking before, certainly on the program, but I do not currently have. Oh, I have. I have a uh, Wi-Fi based mesh network, not an amateur radio based mesh network. I think it was KB6NU that brought that up. I'm not real for sure, but uh, it was right towards the beginning of the show here. The name. <laughs> <laughs> no one's going to claim any knowledge of any mesh networks. Some deniability there. <laughs> <laughs> now, like uh, like I say, back on the education front and stuff like that, I mean, if if you can bring uh, you know some, some equipment into uh, even a high school physics class, you know, when they're doing their electricity unit or they're doing their, uh, you know, electromagnetic field unit <laughs> you know those are great opportunities a to kind of get into the schools uh you know publicize what your club is doing and also show off the hobby to uh to the local school and then uh, you know hey you might even be able to recruit a teacher and uh maybe uh introduce them to what uh what school clubs are and uh kind of grow that as well um, there's just there's so many aspects to actually uh, getting involved in getting amateur radio out into the youth. And I think people spend more time talking about it than actually doing it, and that's probably the issue. Okay, well, thank you for that. I would personally suggest hitting like sixth, seventh, and eighth graders. 
because they seem to be at that age. And I I disagree with Russ on the aspect of if they know that they want to do it, they're trying to find a way to do it. I think kids that age don't necessarily know they want to do it. But once they see it, they will want to do it. Well, I'm not so sure about that. I know when I was younger, I know what I was interested in. I was interested in electronics. I was interested in radio. And you I was were trying a weirdo. To, no, uh, maybe so. But I'm <laughs> pretty sure I'm not the only one. No, no, no. And I'm not saying that there's not kids out there going, ooh, I want to do this. But I know there's probably a lot of kids out there that don't know that they want to do it yet. No, that's, and that's so. true. But there's there's two aspects to the recruiting. There's recruiting the people who don't know what they want to do. And then there's uh, letting the people who do know what they want to do find you. Find you. Right. Right. So, you know, again, I would think going to like school school functions of some sort like school carnivals um pta type meetings uh, where there's kids going to be involved um maybe like 4-h events i realize it's kind of a a farming thing but there are tons of kids that are doing other stuff other than farming um and just see and and talk to science and math teachers. So, because I'm sure you could go in and do a, um, you know, we're going to have, you know, a guy come in and tell us all about ham radio today. You know, I think you might have things. to spice that up just a hair. Having well, someone say, <laughs> coming well, in and no, saying, no, 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 hey, no, we're no. going to talk about ham radio today. Everybody's right. going to like glaze over and like uh, go. Well, no, but... <laughs> Did you not enjoy it when your teachers had other people come in to talk to you? Because yeah. your teacher was blah, 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 Right, because it the, meant yeah. we weren't doing any actual work. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and the teachers enjoy it, too, because they also get a break. They get a break exactly. as well. That's yeah. right. So it's, it's an easy sell. It's a very easy sell to uh, convince uh, <laughs> uh, convince a teacher to allow you to come in and do some kind of demonstration. Yep, well, I agree. Okay. We tried the 4-H approach here, and that was like a lead balloon. But uh, <laughs> I'll tell you, kids are a little competitive. Uh, mine started at the age of 10 with his tech and started talking to other kids. And when they realized that he got it, they looked at the material and they said, hey, I can do this too. So, I mean, there's another aspect of it, you know, the competitive edge. Yeah, the kid the kids sell it better than uh, than the adults for sure. <laughs> so if you can get a kid to come in with you at the same time, <laughs> it's even better because then it's uh, they see that peer uh, that peer pressure or that uh, you know just to see one of their peers actually uh, interested in it. So uh, it does sell it a little bit easier. Well, yeah, and adults are stupid in the eyes of kids. <laughs> Duh. Absolutely, yeah, the, kid, the kids want to do it better than the adults can. Exactly. Absolutely. <laughs> Somebody asked me, at the risk of starting a religious ba- debate, I have another question. I can't wait for this one. <laughs> okay, uh, so I do a lot of work with Aries, and I'm shopping for an HF radio to carry at least uh, 40 meters uh, through 10, and 6 would be nice, too. Uh, but uh, because I do a lot of work with Aries, it has to be rather easily portable and of course i want it to work with linux and ham live and i want it to have a usb port on it where i can plug it into the radio and that's it isn't the uh ft991 sort of along those lines yeah that and the uh, ic7300 yeah the ic7300 uh, would be my go-to if i was going to buy a new hf rig right now the ic7300 is the one i'd want and it's it's definitely a smaller form factor, 
And I think even the 7100 has the uh, USB audio already built in, so it's kind of plug and play. It just has the goofy head with the touch screen. <clears throat> but if you don't need all that extra stuff, I mean, you can pretty much get anything that uh, still has rig control. I mean, uh, I have a pair of IC703s that are that are very old at this point. <laughs> the 706 Mark IIG was one that yeah. I always wanted before the 7300 came out, so... You can probably find one of those at a pretty reasonable price, too, on the used market. Yeah, the 857s as well, if you want to go that form factor. If you don't need the sound card portion of it, um, you know, I wouldn't discount any of those rigs. Uh, there's there's a, there's a plenty of them on the secondary market. Yeah, I want to get into doing uh, all the digital nodes, but I don't want to have to get into carrying extra signal link boxes and all kinds of other madness with me when it, whenever I'm going on it. Yeah, then you're going to have to open up the wallet a little bit wider. I mean, you can get the 9100s. I've seen them as low as seven seven hundred fifty bucks or something like that in the secondary market. For some reason, that rigged uh, people just don't like it. It's probably because it's ugly. <laughs> <laughs> Got that stupid head and stuff like that. But um, I mean, it's a very capable rig for doing that kind of stuff. Um, you know, it's, a lot of those rigs as well. I mean, people do take them portable, but um, you know, if you're going full battery operation. Uh, you're gonna need a uh, you know good 12 amp hour battery or something like that to uh, have it up for any length of uh, interesting time. Do, um, do any of the Elecrafts have built-in sound? Um, I think they have like a USB device that plugs into it, like cabling and stuff like that. That might be worth looking into because Elecraft tends to be designed for portable use. Yeah, you're just gonna you're gonna have to open the the wallet a bit wider for one of those for one of those two yeah. market yeah yep. So for six meters, you need at least a KX three. So you're you know, I mean you're looking at least uh, laying out a thousand dollars plus. But a seventy three hundred well, is the same. So that that's what I was gonna say. At that point, you might as well get a seventy three hundred. Yeah, for the money, I would definitely go seventy three hundred. Well, considering uh, what I what I like for a base radio is a Flex sixty seven uh, seventy six hundred or uh, sixty seven hundred. Uh, you know. <laughs> well, yeah, you, I mean your microphone for that would be uh, you know less expensive than a, <laughs> than a seventy three hundred. <laughs> no, I would definitely go for a seventy three hundred in that case. I mean, if you're right around that point, I, I think those are even popping in under a under a thousand dollars, brand new with all the rebates and everything else, and. I mean, we got uh, Black Friday and uh, Christmas numbers and and everything else. They'll be uh, discounting those pretty pretty rapidly here uh, going into the the season. Roger that, and especially since MTC is running their usual uh, uh, holiday sale, where uh, if you buy an Icom, Yesu, or Kenwood rig, and it snows on Christmas Day uh, over there, uh, they you get it for. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like a sure bet. Uh, there's yeah. a there's a comment in the chat room from Nate about IC7300 plus a 20-foot antenna. Could I make it about 10 miles to a handy talkie? Chances are not very good because you're talking about an HF6 on one hand and most likely a 2-meter or 70-centimeter on the other hand, so you'd be on two completely different bands. Now, I assume there are probably like 6-meter HTs out there. Um, yeah, but ground wave is kind of flaky on 6, and then line of sight is kind of weird, too, on 6. It's... Uh, it's actually a hard band to, to work uh, short distances on. Now, now the IC uh, seven hundred six Mark two G that we mentioned before is actually a two meter rig as well as all the others. So That's it's two and four forty, yeah. Yeah, so you could. I mean, that has everything from one hundred and sixty all the way to four forty. So you could do it with that. And wear the seventy one hundred as well. 
Or the 991. Or the 991. <laughs> yep. It just depends yeah, on how much you want to spend. How much you want to put out. Yep. Yeah. I'm really not very picky. I just want a couple of entry level. Let me tool around with it, burn it up, break it, and you know, not feel too bad about it. Yeah, but Bowfang is your go to. Those up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good the bow things then. Yeah. Just get a bigger antenna. Go with like telescoping uh, whips or something like that, and that'll extend your 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 hand handy talkie to handy talkie range and. Make and I start with that, really. Once you get, you guys got to get licensed first. Get your technicians out of the way, and then you can play with that. And then, then you can move on and, and invest some money in some HF and uh, play around with that. And there are there are HF uh, handy talkies as well that you can you can get. Um, there there are few and far between these days, but uh, they are out there. Well, I've been working on it with my seven year old, going over the flashcards. I don't think we're ready yet. I want to do it together with him, so can see how it goes. Yeah, well, stick with uh, you know FRS and uh, go ahead and you can you can get your GMRS license. That way you can uh, operate through GMRS repeaters and uh, run a little bit more power. Kind of a waste of time though. GMRS is is it still like a hundred bucks a year or something? Whatever it was, uh, it's sixty bucks for the for the license. I forget how long they last. They're they're like uh, yeah, they might be eighty now. I got mine for free, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, you told me about that. But uh-huh. yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me see when mine mine expires. I'll tell you that. Uh, it used to be uh, WPRS five six seven, but I don't I don't have that license anymore because I didn't see any point in it. And besides, we're both amateurs now, so we don't need it. All right. Any other questions out there? Things anyone wants to talk about? Bring up projects coming up. Uh, anything anyone's working on that they think our listeners might be interested in uh, knowing about? Are you drinking? Russ, when you talk about being an amateur along with GMRS, it's always good to have that uh, civilian communication network available to you, especially in times of disaster. Yes, it probably would be. I just didn't want to spend the money to get the license re-upped. I, <laughs> I, I realize it's not that expensive, but I'm also very cheap. So uh, you can also bring up like things we do for the weekender, like uh, is anybody drinking anything interesting? <laughs> we can always talk about that. Anybody seen any interesting coffee. movies lately? Coffee, yeah. Black coffee. Absolutely right? coffee all the way. <laughs> I've been using this new metabolic booster. It's kind of like an energy drink, but it kind of uh, it's, it's like throwing ether down the carburetor. <laughs> <laughs> Quick kickstart, your boot to the ass. Yeah, so the GMRS licenses are good for five years. Yep, Jeremy pointed that out in the chat. $80, five, five years, and his... GMRS call is WPUY three zero eight. So there you go. <clears throat> okay, uh, we have a question from TQN. What's your take on the Fuhrer over unlocked ham radios that can talk into other bands? I don't personally have an issue with that as long as they're legal bands. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, because a lot of the radios have um, usually like a diode or something you can clip to open up like for example mars and cap uh and if you're licensed and a member of mars or cap i see no issue with that whatsoever if you're yeah, modding it specific frequencies anyway right and if but if you're modding it to talk on frequencies that are not allowed then cough cough cb yeah exactly <laughs> yeah there's there's not anybody around here <laughs> me that did that in the past i'm yeah. pretty sure we probably all did yeah i mean you know in some rigs you've had to cut the cut that off anyway so you could uh operate uh you know what the new the new bands the 400 meters and and stuff like that but um 
you got to remember that, I mean, the amateur radio uh, rigs themselves are, are only filtered for the bands that, uh, that they uh, come with from the factory. So, uh, you know, if, even if you're doing some of those experimental modes, you might uh, end up uh, running out of a filter or, uh, you know, with marginal performance. All right. Dan said he had to run, and he was trying to say that, but we kept him talking. So, <laughs> But anyway, <laughs> thanks for joining us tonight, Dan. Really uh, great to have you here. And thanks again for the study guides. Everybody who's going to be getting their ham ticket should get one of Dan's study guides. Yes, definitely. They're, they're like the cliff notes of the ham radio world. They truly are. So I wouldn't have been able to pass without it. So There you go. You have a testimonial right there. Someone yep. who is actually a ham. Because of it. Because of the KB6NU study guides. Yes. All right. So, yeah, definitely. Of course, it's it's always been the case that if there is an emergency situation, a threat to life uh, and health and all that, that you use whatever communication methods are necessary. It's a do the right thing first, ask for forgiveness later. And um, But in times of just normal usage, yeah, absolutely. Stay within the bounds of the allocated bands. I did see something on Twitter not that long ago that India was going to have access to the 6,000 meter band. Isn't that like audible? <laughs> I'm not sure, but uh, yeah, they're they're getting new allocations, and I think six thousand meters was one of those allocations. That is that is super long wave. <laughs> yeah, and, and remember, if you're going to experiment and have some fun with uh, you know some technology, even if you're not licensed, you can also look towards the uh, anything that's ISM band for the uh, you know what is that instrument and scientific something like that. <laughs> our our Google I'll, expert is not checking things our right now. Google expert. Jeez. I don't know. Yes. She's she's on Facebook, I think. ISM. What? You're supposed to you're supposed to be looking up while while people mention th- you know things that they don't recognize, you're supposed to be googling things. Well, yeah, industrial sorry. scientific and medical radio bands and they all have a whole bunch of equipment you can find on like SparkFun and a bunch of these other little uh, kit building uh uh, you know, non-amateur radio kit building sites and stuff like that. You can find stuff where you can uh, transmit video, transmit uh, any type of modulated signal across using ISM. Now, it's normally short range because it's very low power, but uh, you can, uh, you know, you can improve that by uh, making some directional antennas and doing point-to-point with it. And a lot of people have had fun uh, over the years experimenting with the ISM stuff. Very good. You know, talk about unlicensed things very much because uh, i don't think anyone really participates in that except uh, experimenters and stuff like that beer yeah there there are several frequencies for the industrial scientific and medical bands so like uh, and nate just 15? says he downloaded the study guide so yay <laughs> yeah i nate i i literally started studying the day we left for hamvention and I had two, and I, what I did is I went through the book, typed out all the answers and the, you know, the clue, the, the question clue for the answers. And I missed it by one on my first test, but I was listening to a conversation going on behind me. So I, I missed it because I missed like four questions in a row. Um, and that, that was too much, but um, yeah, it was it was super easy. I had all of my notes were on like three pieces of paper or four pieces of paper. I just kept reading them, so which meant that Russ got to drive most of the way to uh, 
Dayton. To Dayton. Yeah. <laughs> That's okay. Dayton's not that far. All right. So, any other questions or topics we can address here? I think this is actually going pretty well. And I want to thank everybody for uh, joining us tonight and, and talking with us, considering it was pretty impromptu. I think it's going off pretty well. I don't recall what show it was I was listening to since I sometimes listen multiple times, but you're talking about some sort of a software-defined radio, and I, I had the impression it was some sort of uh, like Raspberry Pi thing. Uh, or maybe I totally misunderstood what you're saying. No, I think you might be referring to the Rig Pi, which is a new thing, and that's something I mentioned on the last episode, I believe. And we are going to have an interview with the creator of that on December 3rd on that episode. So if you're interested in that, definitely tune into that episode. So I have, a, I have this Pine 64 that's doing absolutely nothing, and, uh, and I just kind of keep noodling stuff around. And this, when I heard that, I thought, oh, that maybe I can burn this thing up. <laughs> you're not supposed to let out the magic blue smoke. That's That stays inside <laughs> the circuitry. Yeah. I, I break a lot of my things. <laughs> oh, so it's our house now. <laughs> Cheryl, Cheryl's like a walking lightning rod. She Every time she goes around and touches anything electronic, it's dead. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I'll be like, hey, my computer stopped working. He's like, stop touching stuff. <laughs> yeah, it, it doesn't matter if you like, you know, put all sorts of grounding straps on me. I still end up frying something, so... Well, you know, Russ is not that great with cell phones. No, no. Well, the, he has... That wasn't because of electricity. That was because of uh, a little bit of extra conductivity. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Apparently, he did not heed the warning of take the phone out of your pocket when you get to the pool. Most of the times I do. And, and, and as I said, on every other occasion, I have a specific rule where I keep my cell phone in my hand so I know where it's at when I get to the pool. And I can put it down on a table or a chair or whatever before I dive in. For this one occasion, I somehow put my phone in my pocket. And you know how it is, in your pocket, out of mind. So that's what mm -hmm. happened. <laughs> oh, it was in your mind, like, really pretty quick after you jumped well, in. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, crap. <laughs> yep, and the, and the quick run to the to the store for rice did not work out. No, so. <laughs> and Bill and I chuckled about it the whole time you are gone, too. <laughs> yeah, well, the same thing happened to him, like, a year before. He was, he got all excited at a ball game. And his phone was laying on his knee, and he jumped up to cheer or catch a ball or something. And it's, the phone was like a week old. And as soon as it hit the pavement, I, I just like, oh, that screen is toast. <laughs> yeah, the screen was shattered. So I was, <laughs> I spent the rest of the ball game on the phone with the insurance company, going, hey, what do I need to do about a broken screen on a phone? They're like, we'll send you another one. <laughs> I was like, thank you. I always have insurance on my cell phones. Yeah. Yep. <clears throat> yeah. For you, that has definitely paid off. So. Yeah, absolutely. I think I've used the insurance three times now. So. Yeah, three. <laughs> yeah, at least three. Maybe yep. four. So. Yeah, and it was that the first time was so perfect. I mean, you could not have had a more perfect meeting of screen to concrete. It was so perfect. Yeah, just it, flat. It was flat yeah. smack. 
Yep. Yeah, it wasn't, wasn't on the edge or anything. It just landed flat on the concrete. So, and of course, I had my phone for two days a couple of months ago and got hit by a little kid, which caused my phone to go flying out of my hand. So I've got a chip on my screen. So, but I'm not going to, you know, do the insurance. Sue them. Sue them. I, well, <laughs> yeah, the little, the, the mother decided to beat the small child, you know, after, because he hit me with That's the almost better than suing them. No, it's yeah. not. She walked over and hit him, and she's like, apologize. I was like, it's okay. It was an accident. He had a ball, you know. Respect my thought, I. <laughs> uh, Nate's apparently having fun with a ceiling fan. Okay. <laughs> At least he has a ceiling fan. We have a ceiling fan. And in fact, all of our ceiling fans are working, so I don't know what oh, you're talking about. Oh, no, they're about. not. Oh well, except for the one where the remote battery is dead, but it's still working. Well, there's no. Way, well, I guess you could go in there and turn it. Yes, yeah, so I could. I could actually go turn it on, but right. yeah, I'm not gonna do that. All right. So any any other topics we want to bring up? I think we've gone, you know, most of a full episode at this point, so we don't need to drag it out anymore. But if anyone has a question or a topic they'd like to discuss, I certainly want to encourage it before we wrap up. Do, 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 do. I actually have that. <laughs> I do have another question. Excellent. Yeah, get right in. Do you have some sort of a uh, uh, status or monitoring dashboard to use for uh, in ham radio? I'm not sure in what way you're referring to a status dashboard. So some way of like recording uh, like when transmissions take place. Uh, you can see like some sort of uh, uh, stats on your radio, how much power you're pushing, uh any any kind of metrics any any like fun little like nerdy metrics well i know some rigs allow you to keep metrics like that uh what frequencies you're on how much power you're putting out so on and so forth i'm not aware of any software that actually accesses your rig to to keep track of that kind of information if anybody else does feel free to say so even if it sends something like in an mqtt type server service or something like how close is ham radio deluxe to doing that well, you're talking to people who don't use ham radio deluxe. Yeah. So. <laughs> well, I mean, you should be able to pull any of the metrics off of your rig if it's connected uh, through cat control. I mean, most of them re- will report back their output power and, and stuff like that. I mean, once you get to, like, actual power out, um, you know, then you're talking about having a separate meter outside your rig that you're pulling uh, telemetry from. And then you could log that to, uh, you know, any type of uh, any type of logging server and stuff like that. But in general for uh for most amateurs just having the rig control uh and uh you know capturing it into your logging program when you make a contact or something like that is uh, is about the extent of what most amateurs would use um but uh, you, you know i've seen some of these stations that can pull all kinds of uh have all these connected devices that they can pull various metrics from and bring it in in fact like uh a lot of those remote rig uh, setups uh, where you can you know, commercially buy uh, renting time for a contest station or whatnot, all that stuff is completely hooked up where, you know, you can tell, uh, you know, which way the antenna is pointing, which antennas you're on, what power levels you're at, what power the, uh, the, the amplifier or the rig was putting out when you were transmitting, uh, as well as, you know, returns, SWRs and everything else. Um, so, I mean, there's stuff out there that, that, that does that. Um, it's not... It's not interesting to all amateurs unless you're really into the geeky side of collecting all that telemetry data. 
but uh, there's there's definitely stuff out there that you can do that with. That's the stuff that that interests me right there. Yeah, yeah. There's there's a ton of stuff out there, and uh, um, you can definitely if if you kind of look towards remote rig, and uh, you can look at some of the projects that are sitting behind some of that stuff. They have some of it is open source uh, hardware and software um, uh, that you can at least uh, kind of get some of the tooling to do all that, including you know remote power on and, and all other kinds of stuff like that. But um, there's yeah, there's definitely resources out there specifically uh, for for that kind of uh, collection of uh, information. Cool, thanks. Yeah, KF5TQN in the chat says he wants to help finance an HRD for Linux. Does anyone have any experience with sponsoring an OS project and getting it started? If you're not a code monkey, well, the easiest thing to probably do is to start a GitHub or a GitLab repository, define what it's supposed to be about, you know, put up some release notes. And then advertise it everywhere that Linux and open source is found. And if you really want to get people interested, put a bounty out on it and see how many people respond to it and start committing. Um, It's usually not that difficult if it's a project that's of interest to people. They'll find it. You know, Facebook and and, uh, groups for coders, IRC, anywhere you can get in touch with developers. Uh, and if you if you got some money to throw at it, you know that always attracts people who like to code. <laughs> you know, starting HRD from scratch would be kind of interesting. I, I, it would it would be a long development road. Um, I don't know how much of the old code is out there because HRD is what it's uh, it's C sharp, right? You, so you could do it in mono if you wanted to. Yeah, yeah, you could definitely do it in mono. So if you got some of the old code, like the HRD four code. Uh, you might be able to start with that, uh, find a place to model at least beginning with and some of the basic C-sharp code uh, converted over to something that's a little closer to mono-compatible. Uh, continue to yeah. build it in mono, uh, you know, basically on the C-sharp code, or you could convert it to something else. Um, it might be better to, to convert it to something else. I don't see a lot of development for C-sharp in Linux these days, um, but, you know, let, let the coders decide, I guess. <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, there's so many open source projects right now that can uh, you can kind of build all the pieces and parts by bringing those into the same project. Uh, you know, obviously, uh, you know, some of the more fuller logging programs try to accomplish most of those tasks, but then they hand off uh, certain tasks like uh, digital and, and stuff like that to other apps. Like, you know, CQR log will hand off to WSJTX or to uh, to um, uh, FL Digi or what have you. Um, but you could easily take those projects and kind of, uh, you know, rip and replace uh, certain things. Uh, you know, I've always wanted to see, like, uh, you know, LinPSK and stuff like that that have really better uh, UI stuff um, in those areas rather than, like, like FL Digi, which I, I feel is a little antiquated, at least uh, display-wise and UI-wise. I mean, you could definitely, uh, you know, do it all in, like, Q, you know, QT or Qt, whatever you want to call it, and, um, and probably make something quite interesting with a, with a lot of extended power. Uh, but it does take uh, people to do that and uh, resources and time and uh, the desire to actually want to do it. You know, That's so. kind of what I was thinking, uh, that it would mainly ride on top of HamLive and other existing projects and mostly be uh, so, sort of a UI with a uh, series of dependencies uh, of existing software that would be used as modules. Yeah, I mean, look at uh, look at JS JS eight call. I mean, it's built right on top of uh, everything that uh, the WSJTX put out. So, I mean, there's a perfect example of uh, 
taking an existing app that does pretty much everything you need to do and just uh, uh, you know modifying it and redistributing it with uh, some new tooling, and you now have a new product. Yeah, I was just going to say, I think if you somehow managed to get all the functionality of uh, Ham Radio Deluxe and took all of the component projects in the open source world that do all the same functionality, um, pull out the back-end stuff and put it together in a unified UI and release it as a project that actually created sort of an atomic version of all of those different things, you might actually have a project that doesn't have to be built up from scratch. I don't know how a developer might look at that as, as an option, but who knows? Don't write it in Electron. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. I'll write it in like a React, uh, native React UI or whatever. <laughs> write it in Go. Yeah. No, Go would be quite powerful for that. But I'm, I'm sure, you know, if you put it out there and developers started working on it, you'd, I'm sure they would, uh, I'm not sure what language they would choose to put it all together in, but there'd be a lot of options for sure. Something C-based might be the easiest, since a lot of that stuff is based on C anyway. All right. Well, anything else uh, before we wrap this up? Any other quick questions, Q&A for us? Any other interesting things you want to talk about? If not, we're just going to call it good. We did have uh, VK60K join us in the chat, so hello. I don't know what time it is down under right now, but <clears throat> obviously it's tomorrow. Sometime in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> 17 hours, I think. Um, it's winter time now, so it's only 15. And it depends on what part of Australia he's actually in. And if I remember right, he was in yeah, Queensland. There. Maybe Queensland, I don't remember. Or New South it, Wales. It's 11.28 Oh, Western Australia. Western Australia, okay. 11.28 a.m. Yeah, that's what he said. Yeah, that's... I'm reading what he just said. Oh, I'm glad. I'm glad. So, <laughs> <laughs> wow. A malfunctioning robot was trying to kill everyone. <laughs> interesting. Uh, the movie Runaway? Yeah. Yeah. Hmm, interesting. Tom Selleck and Kirstie Alley, I think. It, <laughs> it wasn't a Tesla project, was it? <laughs> <laughs> Self-driving car just took off and started mauling people and running people over. Oh, Runaway Train. We've had one of those before. Uh, several, I guess. All right. Well, apparently my network is getting is getting crappy because I'm my voice uh, connection to the Discord server is kind of starting to get bad. So I think we have the makings of an episode here. So I guess we're going to go ahead and wrap it up. So I want to thank everybody who joined us for our little Discord chat tonight. Um, several people were in and out or just in the text chat, uh, but we still have with us uh, Nate. So thanks for popping in here tonight and asking some good questions. It's been loads of fun. Well, very good. It's been good to have you. And also thank you to Jeremy for coming in, asking some questions, and uh, helping to stretch out the show a little bit. He's muted now, so maybe he's opting uh, other <laughs> things. And finally, the last remaining holdout, uh, KF5TQN. Thanks for coming out and uh, chatting with us tonight. Uh, thank you for holding this, uh, Seven Threes. And this, I think, was pretty successful, so we'll probably do more of them in the future. And we, we might even do some video ones so we can get some YouTube content out there, because I would definitely like to do that. You might give people a little more notice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Know. This was definitely impromptu. <laughs> but, uh, in the future, we'll try and give more notice about things like this, for sure. But uh, thanks once again to everybody for coming out, uh, for listening, and uh, you know, for everybody who's going to listen to this after the fact. We really appreciate that. 
And next week we'll have our short topics and our weekender once again. So uh, I guess we'll go ahead and sign out for episode number 256 of Linux in the Ham Shack. This is Russ, K5TUX. I'm Cheryl, W5MOO. And I'm Bill, NE4RD73. Thank you for listening to this episode of Linux in the Ham Shack. LHS is a community-sponsored podcast. Our website is located at lhspodcast.info. You can support the program by visiting the LHS Patreon page of patreon.com stroke LHS podcast or using the contribute link on the website. Get in touch via social media. The show has a presence on Google+, Facebook, Twitter, Discord and YouTube. Or you can drop an email to info at lhspodcast.info or record a voicemail at 1-909-LHS-SHOW. That's 1-909-547-7469. Visit the IRC channel, LHS Podcast, on the Freenode IRC network. Also visit the online merchandise store at shop.lhspodcast.info for fun and fashionable LHS merchandise. Become an ambassador and represent LHS at a Linux convention or ham fest. Email ambassadors at lhspodcast.info or visit the website for details. The podcast is recorded live every Monday night at 8 o'clock p.m. Central Time. Connect to the stream at stream.blacksparrowmedia.net colon 8008-LHS-LIVE. Until next time, over and out. in the ham shack and the linux in the ham shack logo are released under a creative commons attribute non-commercial no derivatives 4.0 international license